Welcome into Navigating the North. I'm Dan Plucker. I'm the executive producer of the Wendy's Big Show here on 1250 AM. The Fan. This is Navigating the North. I'm flying solo, doing my own thing, doing my own podcast, kind of breaking away from Leroy Butler, Gary Ellerson, and Steve Sparky Pfeiffer that I work with every single day of the week. We're coming at you on a Wednesday, not Tuesdays anymore. We're going to be trying to record our other podcast have Sam and Dan on the fan on those days. You can catch us on the producers podcast tab on the new 1250 AM, the fan website. You just have to go to podcasts and then scroll down to the producers podcast. You can find me there. You can find have Sam and Dan on the fan there. You can find a whole bunch of different podcasts that us producers do here on the fan. We do a lot of extra work. We do a lot of work and we like to give you a little bit of the inside on some of these different podcasts and give our own thoughts and ideas. And that's what I'm doing here. You know, I'm a Detroit Lions fan, which is so weird to say working in a Milwaukee market full of Green Bay Packers fans, but I'm a Detroit Lions fan and I like to give my thoughts not only on the Lions, also the Packers and the Bears and the Vikings. And that's why I created this podcast, Navigating the North, week six in the books. And guys, it was a lot of fun to watch the football games that transpired in the NFC North this past week because we learned a lot about pretty much every single team. We learned that the Packers maybe were not quite living up to the Super Bowl hype potential that all of these people were having for them, even some of the hosts on our own station. We learned the Bears can stay hot, keep hot against a good football team in the Carolina Panthers. And I know, like, yeah, they lost Cam Newton. They are kind of, you know, what are they really? But they were a hot team, and the Bears beat them to stay 5-1 and one and now are atop of the NFC North. We had the Vikings lose another game, fall to last place to the lowly Falcons. And we had the Lions win a game and maybe hoping to start up a streak. Let's talk first, though, about this Packers game, because that's what all of you are here to listen to. That's what you guys want to know. My thoughts here on the Packers Bucks after that embarrassing loss, 38 to 10 by the Packers on Sunday. And it was a stinker. It was. It didn't start off that way. Aaron Rodgers and this Green Bay Packers offense moved the ball down the field on the first two drives of the game. 21 total plays in those two drives, 10 points, including an Aaron Jones touchdown, keeping his streak going of scoring a touchdown in every single game so far this season. And it looked really promising. I thought the Packers were going to run away with it like I predicted. I predicted a 35 excuse me, 35 to 17 win for Green Bay, I believe, over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Clearly that wasn't the case. It was vice versa. And that all started really when Aaron Rodgers threw just the third pick six of his entire career to Jamel Dean, who took it to the house and completely changed the momentum of the football game. Rodgers was rattled. Like I said, third pick six of his entire career, twice happening against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And when you can take advantage of that and completely flip a game like that on a, on a switch of a dime, you know, and all of a sudden it's a 10 to seven game. You go from a two possession lead with the ball to a one score lead, a field goal lead with the ball. And Tampa Bay took advantage because then the very next play, the very next possession, 
Rodgers throws a second pick, another one, and almost again a pick six. Two in one game after having two in his entire career. And the Packers fall 14 to 10. And then the wheels just completely fell off the bus. The Buccaneers ran away with it. Touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. They couldn't slow down Gronkowski. They couldn't slow down Tom Brady just in general in the passing game. Uh, Ronald Jones had a huge day on the ground. Two touchdowns, 113 yards, 23 carries. And Tampa Bay ran away with it. And they were the superior team, not only because of their defensive play, but also because their offense fed off of the defense, which is not something we have seen the Packers do at all this season. The Packers' defense was terrible in this game, in fact. They had no sacks. They didn't even threaten to touch Tom Brady in the entire game. Tom Brady stayed upright and in the pocket, and when that happens, he's going to beat you. And you can't have that happen if you're the Green Bay defense. Once again, they allow a big day to a running back. 23 carries, 113 yards, two touchdowns for Ronald Jones, even with Kenny Clark back in the lineup. That interior linebacking group of the Ty Summers, Oren Burks, and Chris Barnes doesn't really seem to be working out. Hopefully, Kamal Martin will be back next week, this upcoming Sunday, and it'll be a different story against a Texans team that doesn't really have a premier running back, David Johnson, Duke Johnson, whatever. But let's get back to this game. Aaron Rodgers and the offense, it kind of looked like to me gave up a little bit against Tampa Bay. After his second interception, he was just completely rattled. And part of it also was on his receiving core, I believe, to a degree. A couple drops from Equinamia St. Brown, uh, who came back this week for the first time, and also a drop from Mercedes Lewis, and I think Rodgers just got frustrated at that point. To make it even worse, his offensive line couldn't keep him upright. The only guy that could was David Bakhtiari, and Corey Lindsley as well had a solid game. And then Bakhtiari goes down with an injury. Ricky Wagner has to come into the game, and he was fine. He gave up a sack, but Billy Turner on that right side was just not pretty. He gave up six, six pass rushes of the quarterback including a sack, a quarterback hit, and four hurries. So Rodgers had to move out of the pocket four to six times because of Billy Turner in the game. He was not good. Same with Elton Jenkins. For the first time in his career, I think, this is only the second year he's been a starter on that offensive line. He had a bad game. He gave up his first sack of his NFL career 20 games in to the regular season. That's significant. Like, shout out to Ellen Jenkins. He's a solid offensive lineman, but he did not have a good game on Sunday. And, you know, everybody has bad days. So I'm not going to get too much on Elton Jenkins either. Same as I'm not going to get as much on Aaron Rodgers as some of these national pundits and even some people like Rob Reichel inside of our own Packers media airwaves and writing has said. The blasphemy that has been said about Aaron Rodgers is just frankly ridiculous. I know he did not have a good game on Sunday. Those two interceptions cost his team the victory. He He's not afraid to admit that. He said similar things as well. It's just frustrating to me to see this man get ripped after the countless MVPs that he's provided and MVP seasons just in general that he's provided for the Green Bay Packers, the lack of wide receiving talent that he has, and the putrid offensive line that was there on Sunday. They were the worst offensive line in the league on Sunday, no doubt about it. And 
the frustration that Rodgers showed on and off the field after the game is justified. It is. And I think it'd be crazy to think that it's not. And the loss, it's a tough loss. It is because the Buccaneers, you know, a lot of people were questioning whether or not they were a legit contender in the NFC after the last couple of weeks. They have not necessarily been sharp, but this was a get right game for them. They got right against a good football team in the Green Bay Packers. It was two good football teams competing. And I wouldn't even necessarily say the better team won. I think the Packers lost themselves this game. I don't think they were prepared. Rodgers didn't play well. The defense didn't play well. And LaFleur even admitted it. He said that this week was not a great week of practices for the Packers. So, yeah, it's a loss. And you know what? I think it could kind of be a good thing for this team. And David Bakhtiari, he spoke on the big show about that, too. Here's what he said. There are times we've gone to a game and I've felt a certain way of vibe and we've gone out there and I've been completely incorrect. It was like my instincts were wrong and there's times where I've felt a certain way going to a game. My instincts were absolutely right. So it's really just a good, like, it, you have to kind of find the, you have to temp or kind of gauge how the team reacts based on what we, you know, what what's going on around us. And, you know, I agree. I, I agree with them. Uh, I a lot of people were talking about how great we are, great we were, and clearly, you know, I, I would definitely use it as some sort of wake up call. And I, and I wouldn't say I'm glad because I want to go 16-0 every game. There you go. Or every year, and I, I want to win every single game we can because that's why we go out there and play the game. We play the game to win. Um, but if that's what guys need to to kind of kind of come back to reality, so to speak, and kind of be humble, because it's a very humbling league. You can take all the accolades you want for what people say about you, but at the end of the day. You didn't get there by just feeling good about yourself. You got there through grinding, through hard work, through your your preparation, and that's what you need to stick to. And I think that's, you know, I've had conversations with Corey about it. We've been around a long time uh, and playing this game together. That 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 was one thing that we kind of had talked about. That you gotta you have to weather the storm either when it's a good storm or a bad storm. You have to try as hard as you can to stay. I wouldn't say as neutral as possible, but you have to stay on your path and what your preparation is and not really stray from that. Whether, whether you're on the highs of highs or lows of lows. And that's how you throughout a course of a season, how you stay as consistent as possible. And I really like that statement from Bakhtiari there. He clearly understands that there were so many people hyping this team. And I think it got to this locker room a little bit. I think a lot of people in the locker room were thinking yeah, you know what? We are the best dang team in this league. And I think a lot of them were kind of feeling themselves a little bit, really hyped up on this season, really hyped up on all of this praise that they're receiving. The offense looks great. You know, the defense is doing its thing. It's not great, but it's keeping them in ball games. Aaron Rodgers is playing at an MVP level. Matt LaFleur could be coach of the year, yada, yada, yada. And then boom, it all ends. Because they get beat by the Buccaneers. And now there's all this slander and hate on Aaron Rodgers and the coaching staff not making adjustments. And Devontae Adams being back. He's not even that good. And all of this pile of BS that's just being thrown on top of the Packers now. And it hits them hard. Whoa. All of a sudden, a complete change of narrative on this Packers team. And that's something that they could need. Because they came into this year, Aaron Rodgers even said, with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder, you know? People aren't giving us necessarily the praise that we deserve, that we think we should be getting. Now, they're kind of in that same realm. 
just like they were last year when the 49ers kicked the snot out of them. This year it was the Buccaneers. How are they going to respond? And I think that's going to be what tells us where this Packers team is going this season. If they lay another goose egg against the Houston Texans, who are a far inferior team, then, yeah, it's time to maybe consider, wow, we were dead wrong about this Packers team thinking that they could be a Super Bowl contender. But if they come out and they drop 50 bomb on them and they dominate the crap out of the ball game and win big and Aaron Rodgers has a big day, which is what I expect to happen, it's going to be a different story. We're going to we're going to get right back into that conversation about this being one of the best teams in the league. So yeah, I think the Packers win this one. I do, I do think it's going to be a relatively closer game. I like Deshaun Watson against uh, they're going to be playing the Texans on Sunday. I like Deshaun Watson. I like the multi-skilled player that he is and how many different ways he could beat this Packers defense which has shown holes all season long. This offensive line is going to be one of the weaker that the Packers see this year. So if Zadarius and Preston don't get some pressure on the quarterback, it's going to be a long day, and it's going to be a closer ball game than it should be. The Packers have more talent. They're a better football team. They should win big. I think they get back on track. It's going to be a 35-24 to win, I think, and that's where I'm going to keep it at. I like the 35 points. I don't know what it is, but this Packers offense likes scoring and scoring in bunches. So, yeah, 35-24, Packers win on Sunday. And now let's talk about another team that's doing a lot of winning, and that's the Chicago Bears. They moved to 5-1 and one on the season. And I got into... Uh, I got into it a little bit with PFF's Eric Eager on social media. We were going back and forth because... Guys, it's I'm preaching the same message every single week. You got to put respect on the Chicago Bears name. They're 5 and 1 now. They're first place in the NFC North. And Eager brought up, well, if the Packers and Bears played each other this week, who would you give the advantage to? And yeah, I would give the advantage to the Packers. I think they're a better football team. But I don't think that says any less about what the Chicago Bears team has accomplished with two separate quarterbacks at the helm this year. There is so much talent on this roster, both both offensively and defensively. Allen Robinson is one of the most underrated wide receivers in the NFL, and Nick Foles is a leader. You can say what you want about his talent. He's not the most talented, the most gifted quarterback in the world. But I tell you what, he knows how to amp up a team and how to amp up a locker room. Listen to what he said after the game. Right now, we're winning games. We're playing together as a team. We can improve. I think that's exciting. If we were winning these games and playing perfect and they were this tight and we're playing perfect, what do you do? Where do you improve? I mean, then we're sitting here as like, man, I I guess when we just, you know, play those teams, it's just not going to happen. Well, right now we have a lot of areas to improve offensively once again, but we are figuring out ways to, you know, score and get points and move the ball and do those things. We can fix what we're doing. It doesn't happen overnight. Offenses don't get fixed overnight. Sometimes they don't get fixed throughout the course of years. You've seen in the NFL, there's been teams that have been bad offensively for a very long time. We're not one of those teams. We're a team that's young offensively. We're growing. We're getting to know each other. We're figuring out who we are, and we're doing it at the right time. And as a team, we're winning these games. And I think that's what's important. Now, we're not going to get complacent and say, hey, man, we're 5-1. and one. This is it. No, like we're sitting there in the locker room after the game talking through it. Hey, we got to be better here. This is what we got to do here. Communication here, route running here. Hey, we got to be able to run the ball here. We know that. I know you're all going to ask those questions. We know that. And that's what's exciting because we don't have to have y'all say, hey, you doing this. Hey, we know. 
but we also know that we're going to improve because we believe in one another. And that's what great teams do. Great teams find a way to win a game. Bad teams win with prettiness. Great teams win no matter how it takes. So I'm proud of our guys. I, I, I think we're continuing to improve. Are we where we want to be? No, we're not where we want to be. But I'm excited about our offense. I'm ex- excited about the guys that are there. I like the communication that's happening on the side. I love the passion of the players. Most important, they care. And we're bonding. We're getting to know each other. That's football. Like, you don't just go out there and play football. You got to care about the man next to you to make those plays. So I like where we're at. I know we're going to improve. I believe in our staff. I believe in our players. And I'm really grateful to be a part of this organization. Nick Foles makes you feel like you want to run through a wall. And that's what I love about him. There's so much energy, so much passion in that man and in what he is doing with this football team. If I'm a player in that locker room and I hear a quarter, my quarterback go to the media and say something like that, I don't need you guys to tell us that we're good at football. We know we're good at football. And we're not perfect. We're not doing it the best way. We're not playing to our complete abilities. But you know what? We're winning freaking football games. And that's all that matters in this league. And I've been saying that since day one with this team. They win football games. You have to respect them. You do. They're a top 10 team in the league right now. They are. Not necessarily when it comes to coaching maybe not even in talent, but because of the fact that they are winning football games, you need to believe in this team. Are they going to win the Super Bowl? No. But at this point, through six games, they're 5-1. and one. That means with 10 games left, they have to lose what? Six of them to, lose, to, to miss the playoffs? So you're telling me this team is going to go 4-6 and six the rest of the way? After jumping out to a 5-1 and one start, Nick Foles, that guy, is still learning this offense. He's only been here for six games. It hasn't been a full season. It hasn't been multiple years, and he's struggling. No. And he's proven these last couple weeks, even though he hasn't necessarily had the most gaudy numbers, they're not going to make your brain explode. But he's proven not only through comments like this, but obviously in the locker room, that he is the quarterback of the Chicago Bears. It is not Mitchell Trubisky anymore. You can say sayonara, Mitch. You're not going to see the field again this season. These next couple weeks, going to be a little tough. At the Rams, on uh, looks like Sunday or Monday night football coming up. That's a big game. The Saints, another big game. And then the Titans. Those three opponents are really good football teams. Some of the best in the league. Maybe they pull away with one of them. Maybe they lose all three. Even so, after that, look at it. Vikings, they haven't played them yet. The Bears are going to beat the Vikings probably both times this season. They have the Lions still on their schedule. They have the Jaguars and Texans. So you're telling me out of those, what, five, six games right there, they're going to lose two of them with the way they're playing right now? I don't think so. This Bears team is a playoff team, and who knows? Maybe a couple wins in the playoffs? They could find themselves in the NFC Championship game. They remind me a lot of the Jacksonville Jaguars from a couple of years ago where they made a run. Who knows? It's football. And the tough and gritty teams find a way. I'm tired of hearing all this crap about them not being 
as good as some of the other teams in the league and not deserving because they're winning games ugly. As a Lions fan, I haven't even seen that in my lifetime, and and that might be why I'm a little more susceptible to believing that they're a good football team because the Lions have never won football games. They've never been a good team. And so when I see winning, you have to give it respect. And you have to put respect on the Chicago Bears' name as they are now winning the NFC North. We're going to hit a quick break when we come back. Going to talk a little Vikings as they fall the one and five and the Lions who jump to third in the NFC North and maybe have a chance to make a run, maybe, with the extra playoff spot. We'll see. We'll talk about it next here on Navigating the North. I'm Dan Plucker. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it, you know, I, I need to correct it. You know, I need to finish the season with a different, uh, different story, you know, regarding the interceptions. So that's something that I need to, uh, to improve with the remaining games we have. Um, and, um, and so, you know, I, and I, I don't know that I'd limit to the interceptions. I think it's just the entire performance. We just need, you know, I, 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 do, be, I do be better. Yeah, that was Cousins after the big loss to the Atlanta Falcons on Sunday. The Falcons win their first game of the year and put up 40 points on the Minnesota Vikings and that terrible, terrible defense. Matt Ryan has a field day, 371 yards and four touchdowns. Julio Jones is back, back, 137 yards and two touchdowns. And that Viking secondary still can't figure things out. But let's get into Kirk Cousins and his quarterback play. The second time this season he's thrown 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 fame. He now leads the NFL with 10 interceptions. Next closest is Carson Wentz, who has also been horrible. A 1-4, 9 interceptions. And Ryan Fitzpatrick with 7 picks, who was just benched for Tyloa. Guys, guys, I respect Kirk Cousins. I do. I respect him for putting the weight on his shoulders, saying he needs to be better, and he's right to a degree. He has not been as good as he has been for other games in his career, and Kirk Cousins is not an elite quarterback. Some people might say he's borderline. I don't. He's a good quarterback, but he's not as bad as what he has put out on the football field so far this season. I like Kirk Cousins. I've always been somewhat of a Kirk Cousins apologist, not to the degree of fandom where I'm going to say he's a top five quarterback in the NFL like some people like to tout and spew. No, that's not me. I like to be a little more real with it, and I'm going to be a little real with what's going on here in Minnesota. He has, once again, a talented group of receivers. Justin Jefferson is looking like he's going to fill in the shoes of Stephon Diggs very well. He's performed in pretty much every single game so far this season. Adam Thielen is back. He's healthy. He is a legitimate threat in every single game on every single down. And he still has a couple weapons here and there in the tight ends, the running backs out of the backfield, so on and so forth. But the problem that remains, and that has happened every single time, Every single season in Kirk Cousins' career and seems to be an issue in every single game with a good pass rush is this horrible offensive line. They cannot keep Kirk Cousins upright. They can't. He is constantly under pressure. His offensive line is graded one of the worst in the NFL. They've had one average game this season, and it was against the Houston Texans in their only win. See what happens when you can almost protect your quarterback? He can perform well, and you can win football games. But no, 
against the Seahawks, who have who knows what kind of offensive line or what kind of defensive pass rush. It's not good, I'll tell you that. They were below average, 27 to 26 loss against the Colts. Not a good performance, a loss, 28 to 11. Against the Packers, Zadarius Smith gets in the backfield, gets a sack. A not a good performance. One of the lower rated performances in the NFL that week for offensive lines. A loss, 43 to 34. They could, If they would have kept him upright, the Vikings maybe could have made that more, even more of a shootout as they put up 34 points and could have maybe even put up more. Against the Titans, one of the worst graded offensive lines in the NFL, 30-31 to 31 loss. Despite that, Kirk Cousins in the offense puts up some big numbers. The Falcons, this past week, one of the lowest five rated offensive lines in the league, and they lose 23-40, to 40, and surely that played a role in Kirk Cousins and his interceptions. At least it's in the back of his mind. He's thrown a couple more picks without pressure than with pressure, according to PFF. But it's in the back of your mind when every single down, you have to get the ball out quick. And because of that, you might have to get it out quicker than you'd like and least ac- less accurately than what you hope for. Because, he, listen, he's a top 10 quarterback right now in terms of passing yards per game so far this season. He is. And he has eight passing touchdowns, 11 passing touchdowns, excuse me, eighth best in the NFL. Guys, he's he's probably borderline a top 10 quarterback with a bad offensive line. And that's the, been the same notion every single year that he's been in Minnesota. And now, to make matters worse, he doesn't have a defense. He doesn't. They can't stop teams from scoring touchdowns. So Kirk, I commend you for saying that you have an interception problem because you do. But in large reality, dude, this is on the rest of your roster. The Vikings are just not a good football team. And I've been worried about them since week one after that loss. And I had people tweeting at me, oh, you have to trust the Vikings. They're always, they always find a way to fight back. And yeah, I, I agreed with you. They do. But you know what? They haven't done it yet. And I don't think they are going to until they have a new head coach and an offensive line that can protect their borderline top 10 quarterback in Kirk Cousins. It's a shame that the same story is told every season. What's the saying? Insanity is putting out the same product in the NFL. I guess I'll throw in the NFL terms. It's putting out the same product and expecting something to change. Because right now, nothing is changing. It's the same issues we've seen with this Vikings roster offensively. And now, defensively, they don't have much of a defense. The Vikings have a lot to figure out if they want to turn things around this season. I don't think they're going to. They're going to finish probably in the bottom half of the league. I don't think that's a hot take. I think it's just a fact at this point. And they they don't have a lot of hope going forward. They're on their bye this week. They come back and they come to Green Bay where they're probably going to get spanked again. Dalvin Cook is now hurt. We didn't even mention that. And Alexander Madison now in the running game doesn't help Kirk Cousins either in that loss to the Falcons. So they come back. They're at Green Bay. 
home against Detroit, who right now I think would maybe beat them at Chicago, and then a couple of silly games in the middle at Tampa Bay, at New Orleans, at Detroit versus Chicago again. Man, that just does not look good. I think they at, at this point they have to hope to go six and ten. They have to hope to go seven and nine. That's how bad this Vikings team is looking right now. And I know that's a shock to say when at the beginning of the year we were saying, hmm, maybe this Vikings team is going to be the one that competes with Green Bay. No, the Bears have taken that spot and they've run with it. And now it's the Vikings fighting to be mediocre. That's just a sad, sad statement heading into their bye week, not where Vikings fans expected to be at this point in their season, especially with the Colts, the Texans, and the Falcons being on their schedule, and the only win coming from those teams is a win against the Texans, where they hardly won the football game. Now let's get into the Detroit Lions, who won their second game of the season against the Jacksonville Jaguars on Sunday and maybe have the potential to right in the ship here. They're going to Atlanta playing their next game there. And the Falcons, who knows what this team really is? I mean, we've gone over it. They have an elite offense when they want to be an elite offense. And they have a defense that is suspect at best. So now Detroit goes to Atlanta after beating Jacksonville. Then they play the Colts, Vikings, Reds, excuse me, the Washington football team, the Panthers, and Texans. That's their next slate of games coming up here. And if they can continue the way they played on Sunday with a, a strong ground game, I think they have a chance to win some of these football games, which is weird for me to say after predicting them to lose and go one and five. I'm not sure if I want them as a Lions fan to win or lose at this point, which is weird to say. But I'm still I still have a crazy hope that the Lions are bad enough to get Trevor Lawrence. I don't know if they're bad enough to get into the top five at this point. We'll see. But kudos to this ground game. I like the addition of Adrian Peterson. It still plays div- pays dividends. He scored a touchdown. He got in the end zone. 15 carries, 40 yards. But the guy that took over is the rookie, DeAndre Swift who looked great. I mean, this is a guy we were all ridiculing in week one when he dropped the touchdown that would have beat the Bears in the closing minutes. I mean, this Lions team could be three and two. It's so weird to say, but they could have a winning record right now. And next week, if they do win against the Falcons, they'll be 500. I don't know. There's there's just something about it. You know, Kenny Galladay's back. They're getting some of their secondary back. It's still a huge issue. I mean, Keelan Cole went off for six receptions, 143 yards in the game against the Lions on Sunday, burning Jeff Okuda, the first-round pick. But the ta- the talent, it's, it's still picking up to that NFL level, but the effort is there, and that's what I like to see out of Okuda hoping that he can still turn into something. Matthew Stafford, for all of you who had him on your fantasy team, nothing special, 223 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. But he didn't need to be great because the ground game was great. DeAndre Swift was great. Here is what Matthew Stafford had to say about Swift after the game. He's done a nice job. Obviously, uh, missed some practice early on in training camp, um, but got healthy and uh, has been doing a really nice job. Just 
whatever his role is, he's trying to do it the best that he can. Um, there were some really great plays out there today. A couple of plays I'm sure he wants back. Uh, there was one uh, miscommunication between he and I in the past game that um, we'd like to have back. But the thing I like about him is just nothing really phases him. You know, he made a mistake like that and, and uh, just keeps it moving and, and knows he's going to make great plays later in the game. He's got a lot of confidence in himself and his teammates. Um, we have a lot of confidence in him. Um, really, all the guys on this team. So uh, he's just another big part of it and done a really nice job as a young guy. The Lions secretly have a decent amount of weapons on this team. And that's something that I think is pretty quiet. Not a lot of people are talking about it. Swift, Peterson in the running game. Kenny Galladay is back and healthy. Danny Amendola is in there. TJ Hawkinson. Marvin Jones has been absolutely nowhere this year. We're still looking for him. But if he can come back and if Stafford can find him a few more times, who knows, maybe he'll have a couple of good games going forward here. It's just that defense. It's just the defense. You know, they, they played well against Jacksonville because Jacksonville is not the most talented team in the world. Gardner Minshew, who knows what he is. It's, it changes every week. Some weeks he looks like he can be a quarterback for an NFL team. Other weeks, like this week, just doesn't really look that way. He's off target. He's not hitting open receivers. And he has some talented receivers. Keelan Cole, DJ Chark, LaVisca Chenault. If they do, if Jacksonville really does tank and ends up with a Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields, they're going to be blessed with some pretty talented receivers right off the get-go, which is nice for Jacksonville. But the Lions, they got to figure things out still. It, there's still so many question marks on this team, and they're still led by a questionable head coach in Matt Patricia. And so with the expanded playoffs, do the Lions have a shot at maybe making the playoffs? Maybe. But it's not something that I'm in love with. It's not something that I'm going to pitch at this point. Maybe, I think at best, they finish 500. Even with this welcoming an easy schedule going forward and being two and three right now and the bye week behind them. I just am not feeling this team still. They've got a lot more to prove for me to put my faith in them. I think NFL network ranked them as like the 22nd, 23rd team in the NFL. And right now I think that's about right. I don't think they're as good as the chargers and the dolphins, which they had at 17, 18. They're not quite at that level, but they're not quite as bad as say, you know, the, the Vikings and the Jets, and they obviously beat this Jaguars team. They're certainly ahead of some of these teams, and it's literally the worst position to be in in football. You're too good to be the worst team in the league and get a top 10 pick, but you're not good enough to make a postseason run. Maybe I'm wrong. Hopefully I'm wrong, and the Lions will make a postseason run and maybe sneak in in that last spot and have to face whoever the two seed is in the NFC, whether it be the Packers, Bears, uh, Seahawks, or Buccaneers, more than likely. And yikes, I just don't want to think about that right now because they'll get blown out of the water. Thanks for listening to this week of Navigating the North. It's been a fun week, a great week of action, like I said. Looking forward to another one coming up this Sunday. I'm with you every single Wednesday now going forward. You can listen to this any day of the week, though. It's Navigating the North. I'm Dan Plucker. Pleasure being with you.